Hi, this is Marcy Nault, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J, where we believe you can have all your dreams come true. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 148 of Chasing Dreams. Guys, today's episode is sponsored by our Patreon campaign supporters, who I am forever grateful for. Thanks to all of you for your support. For more information on our Patreon campaign and or if you'd like to donate a dollar a month to help keep the show going, you can learn more at amyj21.com slash Patreon. Guys, I would like you to meet today's guest, Marcy Nolt. Her enthusiasm, passion for fun, and her get-it-done attitude, no matter the situation, can be best described as what would happen if Marie Folio and Tony Robbins partnered on The Amazing Race. Here's just a little bit of what she has accomplished in the last six years. She's one of the only people in the world to complete her entire bucket list of 101 dreams come true, all on a barista's budget while increasing her net worth. Yeah, that's right, 101. She's the published author of The Lake House. She's built and sold two companies. She's a real estate investor, and she's been featured on The Huffington Post, CBS, ABC, Amped Radio, NPR, and more. She has done so much, and that's just a taste of it. And she has been so kind to take some time out of her busy day to come on the show and share all about her journey. You guys are going to love it. We had so much fun, and we just really connected as two dream chasers, understanding what it is and why it's important. And so... Check it out. Hey, Marcy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You know, when we, when I heard about you and, and learned a little bit about what you're doing, author, someone who has completed 101 dreams, and yes. it just kept going, I was like, okay, she has to be on the show. How can she not? You're the epitome of a dream chaser. Definitely. My whole life revolves around living life going from one magnificent dream to the next. And, and it's an incredible way to live. And this all began when your brother, who is now okay, was in a coma? Yeah. So my brother was always my superhero. I was kind of a shy kid and a little bit of a mama's girl. And he was the one that brought me rock climbing and brought me hiking and, you know, kind of brought me out of my shell. And later on in life, uh, he was perfectly fine one day at the gym playing sports. And two days later, he had the flu. Four days later, he was being lifelighted. Um, oh, and man. he had MRSA. And so MRSA is penicillin-resistant staph. And it was in his heart. And it had eaten through a quarter of his heart. And it had sent out spores everywhere. And if you know anything about MRSA, the part that is the host has to be cut out of the body. Oh, and goodness. so medical miracle that he is, um, they were able to go in and cut out that part of his heart and the valve, replace it with a portion of a cow heart and a ceramic valve, and then put him into a medically endosed coma 
for close to a week where he pretty much battled for his life. Um, and my whole family sat by his side, uh, just praying together. And, you know, I, my mother uh, taught us when we were very young, how to dream big and to use things like silver mind control to envision our lives. And, you know, so that was part of our life anyway. And I sat there by his bed trying to infuse that back into him. Like, come on, you, you have to envision being strong again. You have a daughter, you know, that kind of thing. And during that time, my life had kind of blown up and I wasn't necessarily envisioning my life. And so when my brother was okay, I went home to the mess that I was pretty much in and didn't really know how to start again. And I thought life can be taken and from this microscopic, can't even see it, bacteria. And it can be gone in an instant. And what am I doing with my life? And what do I want? And that was, uh, am I even allowed to ask for what I want? And it was a very shocking moment to me to have that in front of me. What do you want from this life? And I started asking more questions, you know, if I wasn't afraid, if I didn't think about money, if I didn't care what other people thought, where would I go? What would I do? How would I live my life? And who did I want to become in that? And that's where the list of 101 dreams came from. And I thought, just no way. <laughs> this is not possible. This is the craziest list ever. I'm going to become a published author with a major company. I'm going to travel the world solo, be a figure skater and a dancer and you know all those things that I always wanted, but I put them aside for practicality. And the last thing on my list was to laugh so hard with a group of strangers, my sides hurt because it had been so long since I had laughed. And I went to a hotel I was staying at in Napa and the concierge was like, you know, get your hiney over here. I don't know what funk you're in, I can tell, but you're going to drink with us. And within 20 minutes, she had me laughing so hard. I had to go to the bathroom and like blow my nose, wipe my eyes. And I looked in the mirror and I went, whoa. So what if, what if I went after this with everything I have, what do I have to lose? And that started a chain reaction of 10 years of holy moly life can actually be this amazing. And I can be the person I've always wanted to be. And that this world is the greatest playground you can imagine in this body, the most incredible vessel in which to experience it. And came to the end of the list in January and thought, I need to share this. Like people aren't living this way. They're in the daily day, daily grind. They're coming home and binging on Netflix and social media. And they're stuck living in these almost prisons that they've been told is success and what life is supposed to be. And then they're trying to pull out of it and they're with motivation and, okay, I'm going to make this happen for a short while. And then it always goes back. And so I felt like I couldn't keep what had happened a secret anymore and just mine. Well, so we're six months probably, I think, since you've completed your list, right? Yes. How... Have you returned back to what it was before you started this 
bucket list life or are you still kind of pursuing other things? They just may not officially be on a list. They're on the unofficial list or expanded list, whatever. Um, first of all, there's no going back. It's, I am a completely different person than when I began. Um, each dream that came true built me in this amazing way um, that my confidence soared, my health soared, because I had actually been um, having a lot of health problems before I made the list. It just everything changed as I went through it and realized that it was the roadmap to the life I was meant to live. And so now I live it. Um, I travel when I feel like it. And I train in salsa dancing. I train in figure skating. I compete and perform in both of those. I'm about to submit my second book, which I'm really nervous about. Um, it's a little nerve wracking right now because it's been four years of a passion for me. And I get to live every single day as my bucket list life. I now how know how to extend that. And so, yes, there's there's another list. There's it's always adding. There's always more that I want. It's like I just took a really got into surfing. It was on my list, um, and I had done it a couple of times. But I never found a really great instructor until I went to Mexico for my birthday. And so now I'm buying a surfboard. You know. Um, but it's also, it's, I try to explain it to people that a bucket list life isn't about checking something off. It's about infusing your dreams almost into yourselves so that when you're looking at life, when you're exploring it and experiencing it, you're allowing this magnificence to constantly come to you. And that doesn't mean that you don't have hard times. I mean, lately I've been an entrepreneur and I'm learning as I go and trying to figure out how to be a boss. And wow, I don't think that was on the list, you know? <laughs> um, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? You know? And so it doesn't mean that hard times don't happen. You know, I lost someone very recently that means the world to me. And so you still go through hardships, but when you're living your passions, when those dreams that you have, those bucket list items become a way of life, no matter what's going on in your life, there's this place that lifts you up. And that's what I want people to truly understand. Let's backtrack for a little bit, because I think that's absolutely true. It's about the journey and, and you know, not just checking things off necessarily. But you found 101 things that you put down on paper. Yes. Like, for people who are struggling, are like, I, I have no idea what my dream is or how to dream. You came up with 101. What, what was your thought process as you're trying to figure out these things? You know, for me, it was, it was so easy. Um, I think from the time I was a little girl... I had had so many dreams, you know, I'd be out in the woods and I'd pretend that I was a dancer. And when the pond would freeze over, I would get these like, you know, I had my cheap skates from like the Goodwill and that were all rusted and I'd go out on the pond and I would imagine being a figure skater and, you know, I'd sit up in my tree and I would write. And then, of course, everyone told me that none of those things were practical. I remember seeing a poster of the Eiffel Tower and a school. And I thought, I want to go to school in Paris and learn and, oh, but be practical, you know? And so that practicality was layer upon layer 
on me. And I think it is on so many people. And oftentimes when I work with people, I'm like, go back to the things that you loved, that you always wanted to do, that when you maybe watched it on television or you read it in a book, it it made you feel alive. And that's where your dreams sit and they exist. And people think about my list and they're like, wow, I couldn't come up with all those things. But some of those things were very simple um, or what people think are simple, but yet they were harder, you know, to trust in a higher power always. I think I get that about 50% of the time, you know, Um, it's like, no, let me, let me handle everything, you know, and And then to really experience lust, and I don't just mean that in a physical sense with someone else, but a lust for life. And when you put those things on the list um, to communicate without need or expectation, now you're not just talking about how to check things off, but the person that you want to become, not for anyone else, but for yourself. And when that starts to rise, you start seeing the world in a bigger way and you think, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, that looks pretty awesome. And it's not about adrenaline junkie stuff. Now I'm an adrenaline junkie. and Yes, yeah, so I can see from the list. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I absolutely. But I'm also, let me sit on a beach and read really great books. Now, I wish I could tell you I was reading the greats when I did that. But in actuality, I was reading the Twilight series, you know, Um, kind of embarrassing, but it was fun. Hey, to each their own. Exactly. You know, and so it's people think it has to be these big things. And it you start with the small. You start with, you know, I want to experience life deeper. I want to really enjoy pleasure, whatever that means, whether it's like, you know, now we're a fast food society and we throw down food as we're looking at our phones. I was out to this beautiful dinner the other night Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to experience it. And my friends kept picking up their phones and I'm like, we're paying how much money for this meal? And you keep checking Facebook, like what's going on here? And so people aren't present. And so when you really say, this is what I want, and I'm going to be present with it, you're going to be shocked at what all these deep desires inside of you are that just kind of flood to the surface over time. And people don't trust that because they're so used to putting things away. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think the phone thing is is huge in the sense that You know, when people are at a concert, like recently, uh, James Corden just did um, Carpool Karaoke with Sir Paul McCartney, right? Mm -hmm. And he did that impromptu concert. And all I could see were people with phones in their hand. I'm like, this is Sir Paul McCartney of the Beatles in a random once in a lifetime concert. And you're looking at it through the small screen. Blocking other people. And are you truly enjoying this moment? And it baffled my mind because I see it all the time. People have actually forgotten how to go inside. They've forgotten how to actually enjoy life and one another. And, you know, it's, it's a sad part of our society because the addiction to our screens is so massive. And... You know, when I started my list, um, I really fought having a smartphone. I mean, they weren't even out at that point, but I wouldn't even text. 
And it would, it would bother people. I'm like, do you know how long it takes to send a text message? You know, I'll send you a voicemail and it's fine. And so the more I got into my phone, the more time I realized I was losing. And so people always say to me, well, I don't have the time and I don't have the money. And those are the two number one excuses on why people can't have their dreams. And when I say excuses, they are absolutely excuses. They are not the truth. And the first thing I say to people is, I want you to write down every single time you pick up your phone, don't change what you do or set a timer and then realize or look at the clock or whatever and write down when you finish how many minutes you spent and then do it throughout like two, three days. And people are shocked that between television, emails, and searching social media, sometimes they're losing four to five, up to 10 hours of their lives per day. And that's a really scary fact in our society. And it also means that we're not actually experiencing life. We are, like you said, taking a video of what's going on. And, and so the first thing I do when I work with people is I make them listen to what they're doing in their lives that are not aligning with their dreams and they hate it. They want that addiction. They'll fight for that addiction. It's like, why? What does it give you? Just tell me and give me a real reason. If this is something that fills your heart, soul, and mind, if this is something that is on your list, that you're on your deathbed, something's happened and you're going to be like, I am so glad I connected with people on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat. And that was so important to me. Then with all my heart, I give you the permission to spend as much time as you want. But if you're not going to say that, you need to focus on the fact that you're, you're, you're wasting the gift you've been given. You're also and I, Huh? You're also hurting your eyes. Yeah, you are. And I mean, <laughs> I'm guilty too. The other night I pulled in and I would love to delete Facebook from my phone, but it's how a lot of my friends communicate and it's how my dance company communicates. And I went on just to see what the video was from our dance and to post it. And I'm in my car. Now I want to be home and in bed. It's 1130 at night. And I found myself scrolling for 10 minutes and I was like, what just happened to me? It's the black hole. It's an abyss. It is. And it's something that can be such a wonderful tool to connect and such a dangerous, dangerous place for us to lose our lives to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think all things are in moderation. Yes. Right. As, as anything, um, I've, I've been victim of the wiki trap, you know, when you go on Wikipedia for one topic (laughs) and then you just click and you're just like on the next page and the next page. And then you're like, you, you're, you're searching for Star Wars. The next thing you know, you're you're learning more about, I don't know, Sesame Street and who was, which ones visited Sesame Street or something. It's it's mind boggling. You don't even realize it. And next thing you know, it's like half hour past. You're like, what just, when did, huh? Yeah. And it's yeah. enlightening. And the thing is, is that I realized this when I became an author um, and I went out on book tour how much people wanted to consume me. Now they, they loved my book. That wasn't the problem, but they also wanted to consume me as a person. What do you mean by that? I mean, they wanted to know everything about my life. They wanted to be able to be on social media with me. They wanted to be able to see pictures. They wanted to feel like they were connecting with me. 
And it becomes this, that you become this personality in the world when you want to be out there. And so when I started my company, Dreams Co., and to really help people to go after their dreams and to inspire them, the number one thing that everybody comes back to me on is you're horrible at social media. And you do all these great things every day. You're constantly playing. And if you would just share that all the time, then you would have this huge following. And I thought, but this is personal and private to me. Mm-hmm. When I'm living my dreams, I don't mind you know, sharing afterwards that experience. But my day-to-day life and what I'm doing, there's an energy to that that I might want to call my mom and say, hey, I actually landed an axle today and only after five times of falling or, hey, this this amazing thing happened in my life. I don't always want to post it for everyone to consume who just wants to consume it. But we've become a society where we expect to just be completely open in that way and to have personalities out in the public eye. And I don't want my life to be for the consumption of others. I am more than willing to teach and to help and and to shine a light on dreams and have other people go for it and to share my experiences. But it can't be an everyday thing for me. And because I feel that I waste I I leak energy is the only way I can describe it of what's going on in that moment. Cause I'm like, Oh, I got to take a video of this and I've got to get this up so that I can post it here and then post it. And I'm like, Oh, I don't care anymore. Now it's not (laughs) my experience. But when you see people traveling, I was recently in Egypt at the pyramids and all anyone cared about was getting that specific picture to collect the pictures of what they were doing. And, you know, same thing you can be in Musée d'Orsay looking at the impressionist. I mean, you're right there in front of it. Sorry. I'm, I'm a huge impressionist freak. And, and people just walk up, take a picture. Yep. See me in front of it. And they walk away. And it's like, you have, you haven't taken in this moment. And so people want to check things off a list. And even though I call it a bucket list life, what I'm meaning by that is that you're fully experiencing everything from all your senses and not just collecting that moment so you can post it. And that's a really hard thing for people to understand in this day and age and a really sad part. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's a expectation yes. of um, others. And with it, I've noticed is the is the also expectation that you lose your privacy, you lose that that line, right? Because mm-hmm. technically, you and whoever was at your thing is kind of what? Um, strangers, right? technically. And it's like, uh, guys, remember, we don't really know each other. Right. We have one interaction. Yes. And so if the if the shoe was on the other side, does that really warrant you understanding and knowing my deep personal thoughts? Right. You know, and so it's it's it is interesting because I think on the flip side also is for personalities and people who are out there, people who um have built a brand and a social following, regardless of how, whether it's actors, uh politicians, uh YouTube personalities, whatever the case, you know, people like you. It, the other thing is when you do state a opinion or something, they're like, okay, stay in your, stay in your lane. No, yeah. no, <laughs> know what you do and stick with it. And, you know, if anyone ever said that to me, I'd be like, 
yeah, you realize I am a computer scientist, a lawyer, and a number of other things. So I'm more than just one thing. And right. I, I think it's the social media effect, though, that kind of plays a part in both ways. You know, but you bring up a very interesting point that I really like to talk about. It's people always ask young children, well, what do you want to do with your life? No one ever asks a young child, how do you want to live your life? Ah. We get we get on this path from the time, I mean, we start off, it's like, well, you got to get in this bracket of what your weight and height and, you know, and the percentiles and things like that. And then we start asking kids, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And, and so they're just looking everywhere for like, okay, what should I be? What should I be? What should I be? And then school is all about getting it right, getting it right, doing what other people tell you is right. Um, because what do I want to be? What do I want to be? And so by the time you get to, um, you know, college, you're supposed to know what you want to be and study for that. And you go on a path. And then as soon as you're done with that path, it's who are you going to love and who is going to love you? And then who are you going, where are you going to live? And so we're very used to in our society, having these blocks that everybody has to fit into. And so when you talk about someone being a scientist and a lawyer and a, you know, and all these different things, it's like, whoa, hold up. Yeah. No, 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 no. And so when I'm talking about a bucket list life, it's like, how do you want to live? And people are very uncomfortable with that question because they've never been asked it. That's a good point. That's mm-hmm. a good point. I, I think only now do I realize the difference of that. Yeah. And that's 30 some years uh, later for me to understand yeah. that. It's still not too late. Absolutely not. But no, I think. Not even close. <laughs> right. Right. But I, I do think you're right. You know, if we teach at a younger age, everything's been so black and white, right? You got to do school. You got to get married. You got to do this X, Y, and Z. This is the things we see in TV and books and magazines. This is the life people have expected for themselves. But you're right. It doesn't have to be that. We're not limited to that choice or no life. And what, Absolutely. What if we aim earlier to teach that kind of thing? You know, and the thing too, everyone said to me when I, I put on my first event of people coming and just trying out everything on their bucket list, and I really aimed it towards people between the ages of you know, 35 and 55. And they were like, you really need to start people sooner. Cause once that sets in, you know, it's just, and I'm like, you know, it's just computed at that point. You got to start with them younger. And I was like, okay, I'll just make it all ages. But this is the thing. So a friend of mine passed away. Um, He was my skating partner and he passed away very, very young. And he lived like I do. And when he was about to pass away, I asked him what I could do. And he's like, I need you to live both mine and your life. Um, He's like, I need you to keep doing what you're doing. So, you know, from wherever I end up, I'm living vicariously through. And I want you to never talk about age again. Now that's, that's a really easy promise to make, right? Sure. (laughs) And so I never had the exploration of how we react to age and how much we're told where our limits are and what we should be 
by a certain age, you know, especially women by 35, your eggs are like drying up here, you know, and we're proving that wrong all the time, but by 40, this, and by 30, this, and when people, when people ask, well, how old are you? It really is them a putting you into a category of have you achieved what you should have achieved by now? And they're also, have you, do you look good for your age or bad? But what it really is, is they're comparing where they're at in their lives. Yes, with that. absolutely. And so, so all of that, yeah. So we need to break up with age, like instantly break up with the concept of age because it's a man-made concept. And we need to break up with the idea of that we have, what do you do instead of how do you live? And ba-boom, wow, fireworks. We already have a better life. I, I think you're absolutely right on all counts, especially where people who ask your age are judging you yeah. against some preconceived notion. I mean, it happens all across the world. It especially happens in cultures when you don't fit the stereotypical mold that's put in front of you. And mm-hmm. I think now we're beginning to see changes to that because people, I mean, look, I'm on a podcast. It's not typical for an Indian to be on a podcast. <laughs> it's absolutely not. But I think it takes time. I think, you know, when people ask, what's your age? You go back to the old school. Well, you know, as young as I feel that, you know, none of your bees, whatever it is, because it doesn't matter. Right. You know, one of my closest friends, and she's also my mentor in her forties. Uh, she was a school teacher and her students actually uh, dared her to write a romance novel. And she did. And she put out three through Harlequin and she hated it. She thought this is just not for me. It's very, you know, um, I hate spending all that time alone. Mm-hmm. I did. She, she's like, I couldn't sell 300 copies, <laughs> maybe a hundred of each. It was really bad, you know? So she retired and she wasn't sure what to do with herself. And so she started writing for fun while she turned into a huge New York Times bestselling author. Her name is Leela Meacham. And um, so that didn't happen until her 70s. Mm-hmm. And so in a worldwide, over a million copies sold of her book, Roses. And she's like, you know, it's still just a hobby for me. Um, but I mean, she's about to put out her fifth book. And it's amazing. Yeah. And so she started a million dollar career in her seventies and thought nothing of it. And so, but people put this whole thing of, I I haven't made it to this point. I haven't gotten to that point. I haven't done this. And it's like, who cares? Today is a good day to start, you know, and maybe, maybe you don't, you haven't even become the person yet. That's going to do the amazing things that you don't even know about yet. And so let your dreams guide you, let your deepest desires guide you, you know? Um, And that's the thing we pushed on our desires. We think what we want is what we've been told instead of taking the time to get in touch with what we really want. So many people will say to me, well, if I was a millionaire, I'm like, okay, I did everything on a barista's budget. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about that money doesn't matter here. Let's realign things. Why do you want to be a millionaire? What is being a millionaire going to give you? I don't know. I'm supposed to become a millionaire. That's what everybody says. Okay, let's start there. (laughs) You know, and but you have to realize how much you're programmed. And we all are. It, It doesn't matter if I've broken away from a lot of it or some of it or, you know, we've all been programmed 
but you get to choose a different program. And that means that you have to choose the program that's right for you, not someone else's way of doing it. And that's the hardest thing is to start trusting yourself. And that's the thing people, when I work with them, they're just like, okay, but tell me exactly the steps I need to take. Well, I, I'm, I'm showing you the road. Oh yeah. That's, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm showing you the road to find your steps because your life is meant to be different from mine. And they're like, but I just need, and I'm like, no, this isn't school. You're not getting graded. <laughs> you know. And it's, it's really hard to break people out of it. And when they do, they're like, I'm so free. <laughs> but it takes that time. I think you're absolutely, you're right in that it takes time to get comfortable with the concept of, wait, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? Like even people who go and become doctors, yeah, there are different doctors. Their experiences make them unique and make them unique doctors. And yeah. so in all things, you know, I, one of the things for this year for, for me is, to just be you, be yourself. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. The people were so accustomed to following a trend and a pattern and, a, and cookie cutter shapes. And to go against that is unheard of until yeah. you give them permission. You're like, you don't need permission, but if you're going to need permission, fine, I give you permission. Yes. I like that. Right. <laughs> it's like, I want you to understand you don't need this, but if mm-hmm. you have to have it because it's taking a while to get over that programming, you have it. Right. You know, and it's, it's baby steps, you know? Yeah. I looked at that list of 101 dreams and thought I was insane, you know? Um, and now that it's like completed, there was this moment where I was sitting in Uganda. I had just seen the mountain gorillas in Uganda and I'm overlooking the blundering impenetrable forest. And everyone's like, well, what did you feel at that moment? And I was like, I, I was so blown away. I, I was almost like just speechless and could feel almost nothing at that moment of like just this void of whoa. And, but it didn't start there. You know, one of my dreams was to be imperfect. Now that doesn't mean that I felt that I was perfect. I just always felt that I had to be for everybody else. And so you can start there with, you know what, I'm just going to give my per- myself permission to mess up. You know, I, I'm going to give myself permission to walk this road and to be imperfect and not care what people think. And um, I can start there, you know, and or I can start with letting go of um, what everybody's telling me I should be. I don't know what I want yet. But I'm just going to let go of all the things that people told me I should be. And so when people look at my list, they get really overwhelmed. And I always tell them, you know, my list is there just to inspire you. Because the only reason I share it. But it's my list. You know, this woman who wrote on my blog one time, she's like, well, I don't feel I should write on your blog because I don't like to jump out of planes and I don't feel like my life is less because I don't jump out of planes. And I was like, I don't think so either. You might have a higher value for your life because you're not willing to jump out of a plane. I don't know, you know? And I'm like, so what do you want? Like, what is your dream? And so people almost get testy about it. Like it's, my life isn't going to be big enough, but your life is big enough in what your heart desires. And that's something that is so unique and so special. 
And so that's one of the reasons why you do need to turn off social media because you're doing the FOMO and the, oh, I'm not this person. Yeah. You know, so even if you go to my website and you see my list, like maybe you take a few that are like, okay, I, I just need a starting point. You know, they, when they teach writing, quite often I'll say to someone, write um, the first three sentences from a book that you love and then take it from there, you know, just to get yourself started. Now you're going to go back and you're going to leave those sentences because they're not yours and you're going to put in what you want, but just find your starting point. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I love that you have your list up and guys, there'll be a link so you can see it on the show notes page. Uh, because of this, your list is honest and it's a wide variety. And it's not one for you guys to be like, I don't have that on my list. That's not why it's there. It's, I mean, you have buying bed sheets. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was one of the best things. Every time I crawl into my bed, I have the most luxurious bed in the world. I mean, that's an every night thing. Do you guys hear that? Come on here, people. This is like, when I travel, the one thing I can't wait to get back to is my bed. <laughs> Do you hear that? I mean, it's, it's when you said small steps, this is what I thought. I thought, look at that. She has buying bed sheets. She has riding a roller coaster. You have like, there's a wide range. Yes, you do have things like see the slot canyons in Arizona and go to San Diego and meditate in Machu Picchu, you know? So there are things that are huge that you've done, but you have things that are simple too, which is like the small steps, go canoeing. No, canyoning. Is that different? Canyon. What is yeah, canyoning? Canyon. I was like, I didn't want to go canoeing. I kayaking. <laughs> what, what is <laughs> what canyoning? Kayaking? Adrenaline junkie, remember? <laughs> um, Are you jumping from canyons? Uh, repelling. I can't. Oh. I actually don't like jumping. I've jumped off waterfalls before. I don't like the feeling. <laughs> is canyoning slightly different? Because I feel like it's the same. Oh, so canyoning is when you're actually repelling down it. So you have a, a top rope. And so you're taking the moment and you get to see the waterfall at every point and you're getting all this mist and ah, okay. seeing it all around you. You get to hang out up there. It's not okay. like, oh, whoosh, it's gone. Um, you take your time. Yeah. yeah it's, okay. it, I love it. But some people just love jumping off of waterfalls. And I tried it. I just, I don't, I don't know why I don't like the feeling. I just don't. Um, it's I, not for me. But yeah, that's the thing is that people think, well, someday I'm going to start. And Someday's never going to come. That's the problem. And so sometimes you have to be like, you know, I really want to experience gluttony. And in this day and age, ooh, that's like a bad, bad word. <laughs> you know, um, we got to be like gluten-free and I'm on this diet and I'm on this. Just go eat an amazing piece of chocolate cake while you sit and stare at the beauty of the world with an amazing cup of coffee or tea and get off your phone and don't take a picture of it. Start there. Start with deep pleasure or go for that walk and listen to the world and see all its beauty start with the small steps. You know, I, I challenge people to do a 21 day bucket list life challenge and like, Oh, there's no way I can make time. There's no, and I'm like, it's 30 minutes a day. It's just 30 minutes a day. Let's start with baby steps. And so those excuses are always going to come up because change is hard. But once you get going, Oh my goodness. You're going to be like, why, why didn't I do this earlier? Woohoo. This is like the greatest blast of my life, you know? And suddenly 
you know, for me, I remember saying to someone, I'm sorry, I'm going through this. This is probably about four months into my list. I'm like, I need to tell you, I'm going through a selfish phase right now. So I'm going to be taking time for me. And I'm going to be taking time to do this. And for me, the person I was before this, I could have never done that. But that was, so that was bigger than canyoning. That was so much bigger than That's like, huge, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, being able to tell people what I felt without need or expectation for what I needed it needed back. That and was without like, guilt. Oh yeah. Without guilt. That was butterflies in the stomach. That was terrifying um, to eat that piece of chocolate cake. I mean, I was raised on no sugar here, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm telling you each step, when I say it built me into the person I become and there's no going back, I'm going to go out to dinner tonight. I'm going to have an amazing piece of chocolate cake, um, you know, and I'm going to have this beautiful dinner that I'm going to explore and experience. And that's what it's really about is exploring and experiencing this world in all its magnificence. And we spend so much of our time in the goop and the gunk and the trying to change it through more goop and more gunk of motivation. And where we need to start is by living, by enjoying, by believing that we've been given one heck of a gift. And if we let that gift go by, well, that's probably the greatest atrocity that you can possibly do. Marcy, I've had nothing but an awesome time with this conversation. But as with all things, some things have to end. But before I let you go, yes, what is one thing you would tell someone today to get closer to chasing their dream? Mm, one thing. I think it's what I've been saying is to take that baby step. So maybe, and to actually go back to what you used to love to do or always wanted to do before people told you you couldn't. And when you find that thing, take one little baby step towards it. And I also suggest, you know, um, I've given you the link. I have a bucket list life planner. Sit down and really look at your life. It maps out like all the years that you've been living and then all the years that you're going to live. And that is one of the most powerful things that you can do. I was actually taught it by somebody else. And when you look at that in front of you, you almost see your own mortality, which is scary because you never know. Absolutely. With my brother's story, yeah. but luckily he lived. And But sit down and think about if there were no rules. If I wasn't afraid, if it wasn't about money, what would I want? Where would I go? How would I live my life? And just begin to listen. That is awesome. I couldn't have said it better myself. Marcy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and all those words of wisdom. Thank you for having me. You're a great interviewer and this is so much fun. And so, guys, that was Marcy Nolt. You guys can learn more about Marcy and all the links we mentioned on the show notes page over at amyj21.com slash episode 148. That's episode 148. All right, guys, until next time, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. 
Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Chasing.